0: Do you feel like you're running life through the motions day after day? Do you feel sluggish with little energy to be able to spend time with your family? Do you feel like you're just not living up to your full potential? What if I told you you could transform your life through mindset and movement? Here on the Ecola Podcast, you'll be inspired, be motivated, and be able to take action to become that best version of yourself. The Up Podcast is for those who want the opportunity to better themselves through health and wellness. Here you'll learn tips from experts in their field, hear inspirational stories to help uncover your full potential. Now, are you ready to transform your life?
1: Welcome back to the Ecala Podcast. I'm your host, David Gonzalez, here at CrossFit of Fremont, powered by Ecala. Today, we have a special guest, Ashley Marie Rose. Good morning, Ashley. She's Good a morning. member and an athlete here at CrossFit of Fremont. So today, we're going to go into Ashley's story. She's going to give us some backstory on uh, um, how she grew up, some struggles, and uh, her rebirth. You know, a phoenix reborn out, out the ashes of um, a major fire that she was brewing within herself to um, find her inner warrior as she... Um, found where she didn't want to be and where she wanted to be and how she got there and how CrossFit had played a big role in that story. So with that, we're going to run a hang loose segment real quick. And the hang loose segment is is this random deck of cards here. I'm going to shuffle it. A random question is going to come out and you're going to answer it. All right. Don't be shy. trivia, isn't it? No, it's not trivia. Don't worry. It's no history lesson here right now. Don't worry about that. You'll be just fine. We're going to find out. A little bit about your personality by the way you answer this random question great <laughs> ready go ahead and pick a card <laughs> any part of the deck okay what's the question
2: if you can instantly become one what would you want to be an expert in
1: oh wow all right I have to think about that expert no uh you found out what you wanted to be an expert in, and I think you have told me that before
2: Being a police officer.
1: You want to be an expert in a police officer, right? Yeah. uh, Community service?
2: Exactly. I want to be the best I can be going into law enforcement. And I know there's so much to learn. And it's going to be very taxing physically and mentally and emotionally. And I want to learn how to cope with that and to help people the best I can. And I'm going to be in a lot of dangerous situations. And I need to learn how to get through that and still be healthy afterwards. Man, and not be a, stupid either.
1: No, that's a good one right there. And um, real quick question: Why is it that you want to become a police officer? Why would you want to be an expert in that field?
2: Well, my dad was a cop. I grew up with him in my life, and him going out into the field and not knowing if he would ever come back. So he was my hero growing up, and I just thought he was so brave and so strong. And I learned from that. And the more I grew up, I wanted to be exactly like that. I wanted to be stronger. I didn't want anything to really scare me. And also something about me is I try to be the best I can be in everything that I do. So now that I want to be a police officer, like nothing's stopping me from becoming the best. I'm a perfectionist and that's a good thing and a bad thing, but it keeps me motivated. So I have that on my side.
1: And a perfectionist, that's a lot of uh, strain, one will put on herself. Has that ever hindered you in the past before?
2: Yeah, it can make me very frustrated if I don't get things right away. But I've worked on it. I've worked on my patience, letting things be, but it definitely has made me become a little angry if I can't get things in the moment. I mean, CrossFit especially is a process. So when I was first starting out, I just had to learn to be patient um, and not necessarily do all the heavy lifting that everyone around me was doing.
1: And with your your frustration with that, when you were struggling with uh, being patient and what you were trying to perfect, was that more frustration internally within yourself or external forces on the outside that you were frustrated with?
2: I think it's more internal with me, with a lot of things in my life. I'm just being patient because I am a perfectionist. Like I always want to do things and succeed in everything, you know? So for me, I need to learn that things take time Everything's a process, and if I don't get something right away, it's okay, because people fail, and it's how you get out of that failure that really defines who you are.
1: Okay, that's real good. And uh, where you, were you from, Ashley? I'm from here in Newark, California. Okay, okay. And so tell us a little bit how it was growing up. What age did you realize that you really wanted to be a perfectionist at everything you did?
2: Well, I grew up around, funny enough, theater and musical theater. Because my mom was a drama teacher in the high school that I went to. So I just grew up wanting to perform, wanting to sing, wanting to dance. And that's what I did. And I always would love to see shows. And I would always want to be on that stage and go to Broadway someday. And I even went to college for musical theater too in Salt Lake City. And then I transferred back here um, a couple years after that. And I went to St. Mary's College in Moraga, California for theater. So it's really been a focal point for me, just performing in general. And ever since COVID happened, I didn't perform. And there's been things in my life, like a dark time in my life, that has stopped me from performing. So I just put that on hold. And now, like, I'm just focused on different things.
1: So you said you went through a dark period in your life that that kept you from performing. So when you were performing, were you bottling everything up in a way of like, being able to perfect wearing a mask in front of others so no one knew no one else knew you were struggling something internally. What do you mean, like when I was performing? Yeah, like with learning how to like act and perform in front of others, was that a way for you to really keep your dark side hidden from everyone else?
2: I think there were times where I was struggling, but it wasn't too much. Um, where I just didn't think too much of it. And I love performing because I can feel like I'm someone else. And I can put on a different character and not be in my own skin for once.
1: And so you were not comfortable in your own skin at a time?
2: I mean, yeah, for a lot of times in my life, I didn't really love myself. And I would always put on a mask if that was like makeup or just performing. I didn't like how I looked, my body image. Like I was always trying to be the skinniest instead of being strong, you
1: know? And do you, you have any... Um idea of where that meta came from where that stemmed from honestly just people
2: in my life growing up like people at the schools that I went to just giving me the wrong idea like the crowd I was hanging around just I guess like at the high school I went to it was superficial so if you're skinny if you're popular like that's how you fit in and so I mean I wasn't always popular like I always did my own thing. I was the theater nerd, you know, but I always wanted to feel beautiful. And the version of beautiful that I had was very skewed. And there were times in my life where I would starve myself and I wouldn't eat anything. And I thought that was beauty when really it wasn't.
1: And it's madness. (laughs) Yeah. It's a beautiful madness right there. And then so, then performing was your way to be seen. If you weren't seen, like you said, you, were, you weren't as popular in the environment going around in the social crowds. So performing was your way of being seen by yeah. more than just yourself.
2: Yeah, and showing my talent, you know, because I was very talented. And so it was a way to just feel accepted and kind of loved by other people, even though I didn't know these people and it didn't really matter. But it was a way that I loved myself by performing.
1: Were you? Somewhat like of say, I guess you would say like a loner growing up, like not too many friends, not too much part of the big crowd on the outside looking in.
2: My circle was always pretty small. I had like one or two really close friends. Middle school, I had a couple of friends, but it was still tough. Like when I was younger, I was bullied, but I feel like that really developed my character today and made me really empathetic towards people who are struggling in the same way. People who feel like they're lonely, like I've been there and I feel for people. So I think it really did make me the strong person I am who cares for others. And then what was the second part of that question?
1: It was, I was like, as far as like you not being a part of the crowd, being on the outside looking in. So when you went through this dark period, did you hang around people that pretty much had nothing but ulterior motives, very um, selfish people? but you still wanted to be around them. Like when you went through the dark period, what what was this dark period?
2: Yeah. So the dark period in my life honestly happened when I was in college and in college, you know, I was experimenting. I was drinking. I was doing things I shouldn't do, you know, addicted to things, but I didn't think I was addicted yet. I was in a very bad relationship towards the end of college that lasted a couple of years. It was very, brutal. And it was too late for me at the time to notice that I needed to get out. And so I let things happen. I was in love. I was naive. I was younger. And I cared about this person so much because I saw the potential that he had, but he was hurting me. And he hurt me for a very long time. And it gave me trust issues. And it made me even more addicted to things so I could numb myself. And not think about all the terrible things that were going on in my life, mainly because of this person. And then when I finally did get out of that relationship, I kind of switched from that addiction because it was because I couldn't get out and I wanted to stay in it. But I switched from that addiction to another addiction and I would just drink all the time to numb myself, to forget about him and forget about my past and everything that happened. To forget about the friends I lost because of that, to forget about nights where I would go out and make a fool of myself. I would just numb everything I was feeling. I was isolated, I was lonely, and I was depressed for a very long time. And I thought that drinking would help me feel better. And it did in the moment, but I would wake up and I would feel the same. And it was a vicious, vicious cycle that I would go through every single day. Because it was a thing that I would do every day, mostly every day. And I lost a lot of people.
1: Went down a rabbit hole on that one. But yeah. I, and it's hard to climb out of those ones. Uh, I know from experience myself. It's, yeah. And the isolation only makes it worse when you're going through it alone. So Yeah. Um,
2: I had my family, but it's hard to talk to your parents about things like that.
1: Yeah. Especially if they they see you one way and they don't understand how it went the other way, you know? And it's, yeah, parents are sometimes yeah. are very hard to communicate with, especially like the the older generation, man, they, they have their way of living, their thoughts of how to deal with situations. And uh, nowadays they look at the at kids now that really speak their mind as far as like, well, oh, they're just, they're either whining or complaining all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but not realizing that someone's just trying to fix a situation and make it better by right. communication and not through any other physical means, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, so when you were, how long did the struggle last for? Since
2: 2017, 2017 to 2021.
1: So for four, also just four years, four years. It was bad for
2: four years for the beginning of my twenties. I was really sad all the time. And I pretended to be happy because whenever I would use or drink, it would make me feel better. I would use it for just going out in social circumstances, I would just pretend that I was the life of the party or that I was okay when really I wasn't. So it happened, it was like that for a very long time. I was in a lot of abusive cycles, not only with that person I was with, but with myself and struggling with my addiction.
1: And sometimes like, even though we get like from external, external forces like that abuse, but no one really hurts ourselves more than we could hurt ourselves. Right you know like we're the, we're the best at uh, being our own worst enemy at times, and then so when you were when you were growing up, you never struggled with any of these problems at all, like you never drank before when you were younger than that, or it started like going on your way to college
2: It started senior year of high school when I would drink more because to me it was fun. it was new. My first drink was at sixteen, but that was nothing like i wasn't it wasn't a problem, but it started like before college a little bit, and then during college because it was like a new thing you know like I wasn't 21 yet I wanted to have fun I was away from home and so I was just making stupid decisions and I feel like a lot of people do that in college so I didn't think twice about it
1: until you're out of school and it just still stuck around for a while huh
2: towards the end of school and then out of school and then it was messing everything up I lost jobs because of it that's when you know you have a problem for real, when it interferes in your personal life.
1: So how was it that, like at least from my experience, like I, I you know, I was, you know I, I was a criminal at the time. I, I used and I had my, my moment. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just like I woke up one day and I realized that this is not, it's not what I want no more. It, it took a lot. It took, uh, my grandma's uh, death is what had me going. You know, my wife was pushing me in the right direction, but that was what, pushed me over the edge where it's like, oh, this is it. You know, like what? Can you describe to me the moment you woke up or the moment that that hit you, like your epiphany? Like, how did that moment feel when you realized like, this is not, this is not what life is?
2: I think it was happening for so long and just seeing how I was destroying my family. Things that I would do, things that I would say that would just destroy me inside. And everyone was so disappointed in me. People that I loved. I lost people that I loved, Waking up every day just feeling like crap because the hangover, you know, is just too much to handle. And so after years of feeling like this, I finally just got on the phone and I called a rehab and I got the help that I needed because I decided that I don't want to feel like I hate myself anymore. I wanted to start building myself back up and I didn't know if it would work or not, but I had to do something, I was desperate. And that's what I did. And I thank God every day that I made that phone call that one night, because if I didn't, then who knows what would have happened.
1: And you did this on your own, like in a sense where nobody was like really, um, like you made that phone call, not somebody on the outside making that phone call for you. Yeah. Like you, you took yourself through that process alone.
2: Yeah. My mom, my dad, they wanted me to, they kept talking to me about it, but it had to be my decision. And eventually it was.
1: And that's, uh, I actually tell a lot of people that in the recovery, like it has to be for you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be in recovery, it has to be for yourself. Cause if it's for anything on the outside, like what happens when that thing leaves and now you don't have a purpose to stay clean, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you do it for yourself, you're not going nowhere until to kingdom come, you know? So like, right. you're gonna do it for yourself for as long as it takes, you know? So it's always good that and, that, and it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, And I commend you on that. Like for people that don't know, and they might have that, st- we have that stigma. Cause I know I yeah. still feel it too. And I'm pretty sure you feel it as well. Some people feel like, oh, they they couldn't hack it or whatnot. But then at the end again, at the end of the day, like baptismal by fire, mm-hmm. like we went through the struggle, you went through the struggle and then you came out of it on your own. Yeah but through your own free will. And uh, I commend you on that, man. I congratulate you on that. And I know the struggle and it's real. And my, you know, my family too, my mom used to tell me like, oh, here, I'm going to send you an AA book, an NA book. And I used to Mm -hmm. be like, man, because it was like, my purpose wasn't there yet. You know, I haven't found the purpose within myself. And so when you went and you found your purpose and you made that phone call. Yeah. I was, so was the transition scared. immediate, like as far as like, bam, you went the next day or you gave yourself a few days to like, think about what you're really doing.
2: Well, it was actually during the holidays. So I had to wait until after Christmas. I was sober for a whole week before I went because I didn't want, you know, I wanted to like try my hardest to do it myself before I needed help. And so that's what I did. And then I went in after Christmas, I started the new year, January 1st, and I went to rehab and I was terrified, but it took a week or two when I was in the facility to actually like start feeling like myself again. And that was the greatest feeling in the whole world. Just like seeing and noticing everything around me and actually feeling alive again was just incredible.
1: Cause you were like, you were no longer even isolated. You're around people yeah. that went through the struggle. Because it's too, like, to me, It's and, and at least you know, I believe in this in the process, is that you have to be around people to kind of see that it's, it works. Because, like, you everyone talks about it, like, it works, it works, it works. But then if you don't see it firsthand, then it gives you that, like, uh, maybe it doesn't work, yeah. maybe it's not for me. Mm-hmm. So when you see it works, like, oh, man, she, they did it. Then I could do it, too, because I'm just as strong as them or whatnot, yeah. you know? Like, and you cannot do it alone. Like, there's a saying, uh, this program I used to go to is, like, you alone have to do it, but you cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, so like you, you did it alone. You made that home call on your own. You picked up the phone, you dialed the number, you called, you spoke for yourself, but you still needed a community, right? Like you needed a sense of community that you know you were isolated from. And what does community mean to you?
2: Community is really important for me, especially when I was in that rehab. The community there was so supportive. Everybody just cared about you. And I didn't feel like I'm going to swear. I didn't feel like I was
1: stuck up. Yeah, yeah, that's good.
2: <laughs> I felt accepted. You know, I didn't feel, I felt like everybody was going through the same thing. Everyone was talking about it so freely. Like, yeah, I'm an addict. Just telling everyone their story. Like people have like, an amazing story. Like people have gone through hell and back and it made me feel so lucky to be alive. And just the community there, just it, it built me up.
1: It shows you the resilience of human potential when when you want better for yourself. But at the end of the day, you have to want that for yourself. You can't, no one cannot give it to you. No one can buy it for you. You have to do it on your own. But again, like I said, like you alone have to do it, but you cannot do it alone. So like you joined CrossFit. So when you joined CrossFit, how long were you, were you already in recovery?
2: Not long. I was in recovery for about two months and I decided, okay, like, I don't just want to be sober. I want to see what else I can do to my potential. Like what else can I do to make me even more healthy, to love myself even more? Because at that time, like I was still a little more overweight and I wanted to lose that weight. And I wanted to continue to just start building myself back up again. And this place is just five minutes from my home. And so I looked it up and I came here and the coaches were very accepting because I had no idea what I was doing. And so of course I was nervous. I had just gotten sober, like, I hadn't worked out a lot in my life. The only, like, fitness experience I had was dancing, and so this was, like, a drastic change for me, but everyone was very patient with me, and it just made me feel like, okay, I can do this at my own pace.
1: Yeah, as long as CrossFit 2 is real huge on community, how did that community feel when you got introduced to it?
2: The first people that I met here were the coaches at the time, and they were extremely accepting. Like I said, you had to like come for a week before you could start the CrossFit classes just to learn everything because they really cared about you and your health and safety. So I just felt like people cared and people supported you. The coaches support you. Everyone around here supports you. Everyone here builds you up. Everyone knows that you're going at your own pace. You don't necessarily have to lift super heavy. You can just lift what is comfortable for you and not feel embarrassed by it. Like everyone is here to support you, not bring you down.
1: So when you went through like you went through the the program and you got support there, community support there, everyone was going through the struggle, accepting. Then you come over to CrossFit, which is also too very accepting and they build you up. So that right there was like a huge Drastic change from your isolation, being on your own, beating yourself up, and then coming to this—like, how has that changed your life? And now, in the long run, that you have been doing CrossFit for wait, how long? You've been doing it now over a year, right?
2: Yeah, a year and a half.
1: So well, now, being a part of all of this here, how's that made your life change? Like, what has it done for you? Besides, like, coming in here, getting fit and getting healthy, what else has it done for you?
2: It has changed how I view life mentally, how I view myself mentally. I still struggle sometimes, I'm not gonna lie. Like I still feel at some points in the day, like there's things I don't love about myself that I need to snap out of. And so CrossFit definitely helps me feel better about everything. It helps me feel stronger, not just physically, but emotionally. I know that when I was struggling, like I would just let my emotions overcome me, but now like I don't now, if I'm feeling a certain way, I come straight here and I work out and I feel better because that's all you can do is move forward and do things that make you healthy.
1: The gym is, is powered by Ikala, which is a strong path forward. Like it doesn't matter about what happened in the past. It's about how you're going to build your strong path forward through community, Yeah. Through, uh, people coming in here going through a struggle together going through the workout of the day and and building each other up building confidence in one another and it creates family like the struggle sometimes would bring people together you know yeah and um so now that you have that what has that pushed you to do now like in the future you said you wanted to become a cop yeah a police officer like how did that confidence just come like how is it that you went from you wanted to Performing arts is like is a big change. Like, yeah. You went from, being you know, a uh, performing arts. But uh, you still
2: need guts and, to uh, do performing acting, arts. And then,
1: yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. Like to be up there in front of a crowd and, and you make one slip up, then you're gonna have everyone talking about it <laughs> forever. You know, it's never going to yeah. change. But from that, okay, from being someone on the stage, everyone watching that person yeah. to being off the stage now, sitting in the middle of the crowd and performing in the middle of it instead of away from it. How does that come to be? Like from being on the stage, being performing arts, watching people watch you, but now you're in the middle of the crowd as a police officer where people are watching you hand in hand and you're living everyday life with them. How, did that, how does that change?
2: I don't know. Now that I I feel different, I feel better, I feel more confident, better than I have in years, I want meaning to my life. I want to continue to do better, like push myself and my boundaries, you know, because everything is limitless now. I can do anything I put my mind to. And so being a cop and growing up with my dad being a cop, I'm more brave now and I want to be just like him, but I want to do the best that I can do. And I want to help people. I want to protect people. I want to show people that, hey, I've been there and I can help you, especially people who are struggling with the same struggle that I went through. I can be that helping hand, someone that people can call because I want to use my forces for good. And I'll, I'll always feel like that.
1: And the way to um, be able to use your force for good is you got to know how you use your force for bad. Cause you know You have to know the bad on how to combat combat it. You know, if you don't know bad, you could always be like, that's a bad thing, but it's like, how do you know it's bad? How yeah. are you going to combat it? How are you going to change it? So you went through the struggle, you went through the fire, been around some some bad things, bad situations. So now you know how to combat it. Cause you were pretty much, you have your inside knowledge that other people do not have. Right. You know, so If you could give advice to anybody right now, a call to action, someone that has a similar story, a similar struggle, what would you tell them to do? What would your advice be to them right now if they're watching and listening?
2: My advice to anyone who's struggling is find someone to talk to. You might not necessarily think that people will wanna talk to you or people don't understand what you're going through, but I know for a fact that everyone's going through something, even if it's not the same as yours, we're all going through it and we all should be there for each other. And even me, if anyone needs to contact me, like I'm there to talk to you. I don't judge. I've been through my own struggles in life. And if you're feeling lonely, I know that's probably one of the worst feelings in the whole world. And I will be there for you, whoever you are, regardless of your situation. And if
1: they want to reach out to you and create that communication line, how can they find you? How can they reach out to you?
2: Uh, my email, which is Ashley Rose M or ashleyrosem29 at gmail.com. Facebook actually is better. I'm on the Facebook page, Akala Facebook.
1: All right. So there you go. It's communication. We're social creatures. Human Humans are social creatures, so we're not built to be isolated. We're not built to keep quiet. We're built to, to talk, to socialize with each other. So Ashley's advice is the golden rule of human society. <laughs> humans... Uh, Way to stay alive as long as possible is to like, communicate with each other, talk to each other, uh, mm-hmm. share your story because your story could save the next life, make a difference in the next life. So do not bottle up, do not stay isolated. Do not stay um, quiet. Talk, you know, talk. That's a huge thing is talk. And don't worry, everyone, the way I like to say it, it might sound weird. Like I tell my daughter all the time, we're all, cause sometimes i am like, Hey, that's weird, man. We're all weirdos. We're all weird in some way. I don't, I don't care how normal you might think you are. We're all weird in our own way, but that's what makes us unique. So don't feel that you cannot communicate with somebody because you feel weird. Talk to somebody, talk to somebody. I'm telling you, communication saves lives. So I want to thank you, Ashley, for sharing your story with us. Thank you for being here on the Akala podcast. And uh, thank you all for listening and listening to this story. And if you relate, reach out to Ashley. You can find her on her email or on Facebook. With that said, you guys all have a good day. And thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. But wait, we want to keep you updated and continue to be inspired and motivated. Follow us on our Instagram page at Ecolastrong. We'll see you on the next episode.